Episode 31 of Top Turtle MMA Podcast is brought to you by Sisu Mouthguards. Gumby, you know what I say to other mouthguards on the market? What do you say to other mouthguards on the market? Other mouthguards, I am not impressed with your performance. Sisu makes the best mouthguard on the market. You can head on over to sisuguard.com, check out what mouthguard is right for you, whether it be team sports or youth sports. Whatever you do, whatever sport, whatever activity, Sisu has your chompers covered. Episode 31 of Top Turtle MMA is brought to you by Sisu Mouthguards. We are rolling. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast, Episode 31. I am David Tremonti, joined as always by the co-editor of MMA-Manifesto.com, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Are you over there, Dan? I'm over here. We thank you so much for getting us in your eardrums. However it is you do it, we of course are available on TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, the major podcast streaming sites, and of course you could catch us on the mothership at MMA-Manifesto.com. We reside on the podcast tab. Our library is now 30 episodes deep. If you want to email us, topturtlemma at gmail, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA. Gumby, tell them about the Facebook page. Uh, you're also going to want to click like on our Facebook page so that you can get uh, both the podcast regularly sent to your Facebook. And uh, if you'd like some helpful betting advice once in a while, we put a little tidbit on there. So make sure you hit the like and get it in your stream. I liked your Gumby's parlay that you put up last week, even though it didn't hit. It was it was very close to hitting. It was a split decision away from paying out eight and a half to one. And uh, we'll talk about that split decision momentarily but uh i'm with you i think you had uh you were right to pick caceres as a plucky underdog he uh he looked good yeah i thought he looked i mean i definitely had him winning one if not two rounds uh you know i definitely disagree with the the four rounds for one judge and just to set the table here uh yair rodriguez versus alex caceres headlined uh the salt lake city fight night card uh, Rodriguez won the bout via decision, and it should have been unanimous, but one judge went and gave four rounds to Caceres. I have to imagine he just confused the two of them on a scorecard, but what's weird was he didn't give Caceres the universal round that everyone agrees he, he won. He didn't give him the third? He didn't give him the third. Huh. So I almost wonder if you're right then, if he just effed up his scorecard. I, it's, it's because that that round to me was the one that was the could, least debatable. The, the least debatable. Yeah, because yeah. in my mind, the the way I had it, and maybe I'm not sure what the other judges did because I didn't get to see the card. But I had one and two were clear Rodriguez, three was clear Caceres, four and five you probably could have debated. If you wanted to give Caceres five, I would have been cool with that, but probably not four. See, actually that's funny. I was cool with giving him four but not but five, not but, five. F- but, but four and five were close, We're, we're right? close. They're and really close. What? I mean, hey. So if, so if somebody gave Caceres three rounds to two and gave him three, four, and five, I would have been like, okay, that's an okay split decision. But under no circumstances did he win four rounds. Right. No, not at all. And uh, it was was a great stylistic matchup so props to the UFC matchmakers on that because I think when Caceres got announced as a headliner a lot of people are like really Caceres a headliner and uh you know we we talked about that in the weeks leading up he looked great against Cole Miller the improved striking since he's gone to uh 
uh, John Crouch in the lab. Um, it was a great matchup, and honestly, I'm excited to see where both guys go. So, drum roll, what do you do with Alex Caceres? What do you do with Yair Rodriguez? Take Yair Rodriguez first. Uh, Yair Rodriguez is a tricky one for me because in that win, he looked like he had so many holes, right? You know what I mean? Like, Caceres hit him pretty decent a couple of times on the feet. You put him in there with somebody like Jeremy Stevens, he's toast. Hole in his head. Yeah, he, he's not going to last. So, I would say you need to feed him a uh, another more up-and-comer. I, I really like the idea of coming off an ACL injury against uh, Mirsad Bektik, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. who's a pretty good prospect out of Bosnia. Is Bektik coming back soon? Yeah, we, okay. Bektik, yeah, he recently came out and said the uh, ACL surgery was a huge success. He's way back in better shape. He should be ready to go in like four months' time or so, three, four months' time. So that should coincide right about when you would see Yair again, you know, if it was just a year coming off of that, like, uh, maybe he didn't look so great performance and Bectic having killed his last opponent, I would maybe not even match him up. But knowing that he's coming off an injury, it would probably be pretty close. So what do you think of the idea of matching the two uber international sensation prospects up and going Yair versus Duhu Choi? Oh, God, that would just be absolute violence. Um, but you don't want to kill off a you prospect. Don't kill, yeah, it's, it's bad. Uh it's bad marketing because in the end you want as many international stars. You know, I, I always point back to Art Davey told us that when we interviewed him, you want as many international stars that you can play up. So why kill one of them automatically? Uh, sorry to interrupt. Let me give you who my pick is. I would like to see Yair face ranked. Uh, I think he's number 11, Brian Ortega and just have an action oh, yeah. fight again. Yeah. Just I like for that wild one. violence. And see who has the better style in the end. So obviously, I've been you know saying Yair is exciting and he's this and he's that. But if anything, the Caceres fight really gave me more worry than yeah. anything else. But but I actually think that that's a good reason to put him with Brian Ortega because in every single one of Brian Ortega's fights, he's looked bad at times. A lot of come from behind wins in the third round. A lot recently. of come from behind wins in the third round, which actually... Diego Brandau, Clay Guida. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I which is actually funny because I was going to say uh, for a person for Alex Caceres to fight, I'd love for him to fight Clay Guida. Oh, that's a good one. I think it's a really fun matchup. Guida has fallen in love with his hands again now that he's training with Alpha Male a little bit. Um, so he's in that style like back when he fought Diego Sanchez and he just threw bombs for three rounds. Um, and Caceres' wrestling defense is not awful either, and his grappling's kind of innovative. So it, it might wind up being a pretty fun matchup. We'll go through these uh, shotgun style or speed style. <coughs> Excuse moi, senor. Um, Dennis Bermudez beat Honey Jason. What do you make of that performance? I mean, I, it was exactly what I thought Dennis Bermudez was going to do to Honey Jason. I, you know, Honey Jason is is a decent guy at that weight class, but Dennis Bermudez was one of those guys sniffing the top five for a little while, so it was kind of a mismatch in the making anyway. So um, he did exactly what I thought he would. Uh, and I like his call out of Frankie Edgar. I see no reason why he shouldn't be able to fight Frankie Edgar. I thought that was great, too, because not a lot of people call out Frankie Edgar. Exactly. And, and both of the guys are from the New York area. Put them on a New York show. It's perfect. Um, and then the other one uh, from the main card that I wanted to bring up was uh, our guy Santiago Ponzanibio uh, with the unanimous decision victory over Zach Cummings. Yeah, I, I like him. He's got to be pushed up in that division. Somebody like Lorenz Larkin coming off a win or something like that would be a really fun one for him. Somebody would, Or did Lorenz Larkin go down to 70? Uh, yeah, he's yeah, at 70. Must, 
I must have. Oh, Derek Brunson is the other one I was thinking of. Derek Brunson, if he come off a win, um, one of those guys who's kind of like disrespected in the top ten, not like one of the big name top teners. And then uh, Ishihara with the KO. Teruta Ishihara <laughs> over is, Gutierrez. He's so fun to watch in the cage and even more fun out of the cage. If you haven't gotten a chance to see it, watch any of the interviews with him or his post fight interviews. The dude's hilarious, and uh, I mean he's. Still way down in the 45 division. He fought him, you know, one of the guys coming off a of tough Mexico who is two and two. Uh, so, you know, by no means he's a killer in the division, but he is two zero and one, two wins and a draw with two vicious first round knockouts. So, there, there's an international star in the making for you, you too. Go. A lot of a lot of personality. Yeah. And then the last uh, performance I wanted to uh, bounce off you was you saw the veteran Cub Swanson coming back with a big win over Kawajiri. Uh, where do you go with Cub Swanson next? Is he kind of just in like a, he's almost not even high profile enough to be a gatekeeper at this point, but is he just a gatekeeper or what do you do I, yeah, with a Cub I mean, he Swanson? Would, he would have to rattle off some pretty amazing stuff to get out of that. I'd be fine with him fighting Bermudez too. If you don't give Bermudez to Frankie Edgar, mm-hmm, I mean, that mm-hmm. would be a good fight. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. He's he is kind of in that limbo where he's like been up there long enough, but not not ever really cracked uh, the top five, so to speak. Yeah, I feel like when he he might have been five for like a blink of an eye, and then is that when Frankie beat the crap out of him for five rounds, and then it, that he might have yeah. been as high Did as he five. Fight Jeremy Stevens too. I feel like in there, I, I don't remember Cubs his Swanson fight Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, I want to mm. say that that was a thing too. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Intern checked it out. Jeremy Stevens. He had a unanimous decision win in June of 2014. Yeah, so and a fight of the night. So, so yeah, you can't even like go there. And since then, Jeremy Stevens has looked better than him. So it's like kind of a weird limbo spot. For I, him. I'm actually very excited to see what they do with Jeremy Stevens. I feel like he's on the rise right now. Stock that last wise. fight was. Freaking awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, against Henan Barrow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously Barrow coming up in weight, but that's a you know now he has that feather in his cap that he beat the former champ, and he uh, looked better than he ever did. It wasn't just that he beat a guy coming up in weight who looked bad; he looked amazing. And it's one of those things where, like, uh, you know, he got a little publicity. I think right after the win, he ended up on Joe Rogan's podcast, which you know is listened to by uh, a few amount of people. Yeah, a couple of people. Um, <laughs> and he was throwing out the idea, as does everyone, and as they should, of him versus. Connor and that just stuck in my mind I was like ooh I like that match. that one's a lot of fun that's yeah. a lot of fun but it, I mean if he like went up what say he fights Max Holloway put him in there with Max Holloway he, well he just lost to Holloway oh, oh that's true he did lose to Holloway recently if you put him against Edgar or Aldo sure him, or or if you do give Bermudez to Cub Swanson you could give Frankie Edgar I like that I like Aldo in there too because he just beat Burrell there's yeah. a teammate thing there yeah. that's kind of cool um, all right, so we'll move off of the Salt Lake City card, uh, and we'll go now to just a bit of news. I kind of feel like we're in a very, uh, this is like the calm before the 202 Diaz-McGregor storm that's coming well, next man, week. I, I think there's a fight card every Saturday for the next five Saturdays. Wait, what fight card is this Saturday? No, not this one. Right, I mean, and then after that's that. That's why it's really calm right now, but yeah. after this dead weekend... I'm pretty sure we get like five or six consecutive Saturdays of fights. MMA world is about to turn it up, as the kids say. So uh, the thing I wanted to bring up to you was we actually found out not only is Cyborg going to fight in the UFC again, she's actually headlining a show uh, in Brazil, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. You know, at first my thought was, you know, why do they keep making her fight at 140? 
and I think it actually makes a lot of sense because uh, on one sense, they're not committing to adding the 145 division. And in another sense, they're like letting people think that maybe she'll make 35. I've seen some shit and she's never going to make 35. She's never going to make 35. And I also just to set the table, say she will be fighting Lena Landsberg, making her UFC debut a six and one professional. And this will take place at the end of September at Fight Night 95. Yeah. And apparently she's uh, she's like a, a striking specialist. She's like a Muay Thai specialist. I don't know much about her personally. Um I mean, that, that's probably the level of competition she was getting in Invicta anyway, right? Of course. Yeah, and it's just five pounds lighter. So, um, you know, good for the UFC for, for getting her on the head of a card, uh, especially one with stars like Roy Nelson on it. Not that he's been winning a ton lately, but... He'll be uh, fighting Bigfoot? Yeah, he's fighting Bigfoot on the... I think it's the co-main. The bout order hasn't 100% come out yet, I don't think, uh, apart from the fact that they're talking about Cyborg as a headliner. The other thing to mention was, um, and this came out actually last week, but I think it happened right as we were dropping episode 30, and that is the news that um, Tony Ferguson is going to fight RDA in November, which both you and I had a very similar reaction when we saw it. We both thought he was getting a title, he was getting a title shot because I'm just so used to thinking of RDA as champion. So for like a second, I'm like, oh, Ferguson got this. Oh, no, wait, RDA is not the champion anymore. And then I was happy because that, to me, opens Habib up getting Habib getting the title shot. Unless, and by the way, I like the Ferguson RDA matchup. Unless they're waiting for Nate and Connor to see what falls out there, and then one of Nate or Connor gets the 155 pound title shot, coming off what's probably going to be the biggest pay per view potentially of all time. Yeah, I think one of them would have to look damn impressive in order to talk somebody into a 155 pound title fight off of that. Um, you know, like Connor would have to go out and knock him out in the first round. Um, See, I actually kind of would have to finish him again. I kind of disagree with that. I think, um, and you know, maybe you're right, but I think the way you're thinking about it is actually a little too logical to MMA. <laughs> uh, I think this is the business we have chosen. I think the UFC just sold for four billion. I think half their big pay per view stars are on uh, USADA suspensions. I think if Nate comes out and wins a five round boring decision, he'd get the title shot because he's going to be their biggest star. Yeah, at you know at one fifty five. Yeah, maybe. I I guess you're right. I guess when you're talking about who is next at one fifty five, there isn't enough uh, you know needle mover down there. <laughs> so ironic that yeah. we were once said Nate Diaz is not a needle mover. Yeah, so there there aren't enough needle movers down there. It's not like any common fan gets all jacked up about Khabib Nurmagomedov. I, right. So I think you actually at one fifty five and one seventy you have two very interesting things going on. The rightful. Uh, next title shot should go to, at 170, Wonderboy, and at 155, Habib. But you have these big stars kind of lurking on the horizon where if GSP or maybe, you know, Nick Diaz say, no, 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 I want that 170-pound title shot, the UFC gives it to them because it's good for business. And at 155, Connor or Nate off the win in the biggest pay-per-view of all time good for business, give them the title shot. Yeah, the business move is, is definitely damaging it. But I will say, you know, it, it sort of came out today at 170 that GSP said he would be fine fighting Nick Diaz. And I think that's actually the better fight for the UFC to make. Number one is it doesn't throw GSP right into the fire, having not fought in however many years. Uh, you know, you don't give Nick Diaz a title shot that he doesn't deserve. You don't give GSP a title shot that he, I mean, he probably deserves, but like probably doesn't need yet. 
have those two duke it out and then give him Wonder Boy after he demolishes Tyrone Woodley. So I'm, as you've probably known after 30 episodes of this, I'm an MMA conspiracy theorist. I truly believe the fights are real. The promotion is all a work, as we say (laughs) in pro wrestling. And I thought it was very interesting that about two weeks ago, Nick Diaz starts spouting off in various interviews that he was drugged before the GSP fight. And then so conveniently, John Danaher on his Facebook reveals GSP had some uh, bad lemon juice or something (laughs) and he was throwing up the night before the fight and now they're each camp is throwing out excuses for that fight and don't get me wrong that's one of my favorite fights of all time just the promotion for it and where you at george and all that uh and i thought it was interesting like why are we rehyping this fight from three years ago there's always a reason because they're both coming back yeah it's it's just great timing you're 100 percent right um so the one last thing and we'll end our news on this gumby before we kick it off to our uh our interview for the week is Coming off of GSP, he actually has volunteered to just go ahead and enter the testing pool. He's not going to be one of these Brock Lesnar USADA exemptions that gets someone like Mark Hunt mad. GSP is saying, I'm the proletariat. I'm the working man, and I'm going to be just like everyone else. Start testing me, motherfuckers. Yeah, I I really like it, too, because especially as a move for him, he has been so vocal about the fact that one of the reasons he retired was there wasn't a lot of testing. So, I mean, if he applied for an exemption after that man it would look bad uh so really really smart move by him um to do that for the public side not just for the public side but also because it's the right thing to do um and i don't know if you know you're counting uh if he just re-entered the testing pool that gets him ready for like the end of november ish early december it will if and november is there a card in november that anyone would really want to be on though i don't don't know yeah yeah maybe new york city oh yeah Yeah, Yeah. so yeah it makes total sense right um but that's very cool of gsp and what a gsp-esque thing to do you know gsp is one of those things I feel like you fall on one of two sides. I feel like, you know, if you lurk on the uh, dark corners of the Internet on MMA message boards, which make no mistake are some of the darkest corners of the Internet, uh, you, I, you have one of two sided fans or fans fall on one of two sides. Either GSP is the cleanest athlete we've ever seen and the honorable GSP would never take steroids or you have the guy that is just, you know convinced GSP was on steroids his whole career. I I tend to think he wasn't, but maybe... I'm on the clean side just based on what I've seen in his interviews. He's like the purest dude on the planet, man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, like, all he does is talk about, like, you know, the the theory behind being a martial artist and all that kind of stuff. You know, he, he is, like, what we want in a clean MMA star. I mean, that would, like break my mind if i found out he was on steroids um that'd be like finding out cal ripkin was on steroids. yeah exactly he's that like pure athlete type guy like cal ripkin that's that's a perfect uh comparison all right we will transition now to our interview with tim dirty bird means we try to get ahead of things gumby you know you're always told in life get ahead on your work and that's what we did we taped this interview a week or so ago when he was scheduled to face sean strickland at ufc 202 however in the meantime 
time when the interview was in the can, Strickland pulled out of the fight in early August. But luckily, we didn't really talk to him that much about St- Sean Strickland. Yeah, that, that's true. This uh, this interview is a lot about him clearing his name, so it's uh, it's some some pretty interesting stuff too. Because he told me a lot of things that uh, I didn't realize about that whole process too. Absolutely. And since uh, since the time the interview has been in the can, as we say in the biz, uh, Sean Strickland was replaced by Sabah Hamas. Are you familiar with him at all? Yeah, he just recently fought on. Uh, titans fight card uh titan 40 he's I new believe. to the ufc yep. yeah very new to the ufc and i'm pretty sure so titan 40 i want to say was like two weeks ago which means uh the time in between his fights is only going to be about four weeks which is just absolutely insane you are correct sir so uh we got a chance to catch up with tim means before his fight with promotional newcomer sabab hamasi uh this interview is brought to you as always by New England Submission Fighting. New England Submission Fighting, mine and Gumby's home gym in the lovely, quaint, picturesque town of Amherst, Massachusetts. Classes six days a week. No gi submission grappling is the specialty. If you're in or around the Western Mass area, living there, full-time, part-time, or just visiting, stop on in at New England Submission Fighting. You can check out the website, AmherstMMA.com. New England Submission Fighting brings you our interview with... Tim, Dirty Bird, Meats. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland here with my co-host Dave Tremonti, and we have the pleasure of sitting down with Tim, the Dirty Bird Means, who fights August 20th at UFC 202 against Sean Strickland. So, uh, Tim, how good does it feel to finally be back and have all of that crap behind you and get to focus on an actual fight again? I mean, that's, it's, it's a great feeling. You know, I'm literally just getting off the attorneys with the, the lawsuit and everything that's going forward with that and what they can make happen with that ordeal. But um, it's a good feeling to know that uh, USADA and Jeff Norvitsky took the situation serious. They didn't push me uh, into the back room knowing that uh, I did, in fact, have stuff in my, in, my, in my supplement or in my system. They were able to locate it, and they just did an outstanding job of, figuring out where the problem came from and just didn't write me off. It was, it, it's a good feeling. Yeah, and we were going to ask you about that because I think it's important to kind of get this information out there. You know, it, it was such a heartbreak for Tim Dirty Bird Means fans when the news came down. You were slated to fight Donald Cerrone, big fight. Um, but you were it was a happy ending. You were able to prove that it was a tainted supplement. Now, we've seen this recently. You have John Jones, Brock Lesnar, you know, they might have their day in court and they're going to try to prove something similar that they just took a tainted supplement. What was that process like? I take it. You went and did your own independent tests to prove it was a tainted supplement. And then USADA was able to confirm that. Um, yeah, well, not my own independent testing. USADA was the one that got the, got the product, got the lot number, the same, uh, cause I had an empty bottle. So they were able to locate a, a, a bottle of the same lot numbers, sealed, all that good stuff. They tested it. They found ostrin in, in, in every pill in the creatine, and then um, they wanted to call the manufacturer to get a product directly from the manufacturer, and they, they come up and said they didn't have no more from that lot number. They had um, extra samples or whatever and sent the sample in in two sandwich bags, and they wrote the lot number on the sandwich bags. Wow. So, um, you know, man, I, I've learned a lot of crazy stuff in the supplement world. I didn't, I, I guess I should have been doing more homework on, on the issue, but it's a company that I've worked with for seven years. Um, I, I knew the family. I knew everybody involved in it, and um, it just turned out to be a bad deal, you know. So the manufacturer, that's super shady, man. The guy I was dealing with at, at my supplement company I was going to, he 
in text messages, call. He had, he warned the manufacturer that this ordeal happened. They were able to pull the product off the shelves, and I had that all in text messages of uh, the individual I was working with saying, "Hey, you need to call the manufacturer," and you know all that stuff really played into my fact into my benefit going into the, the arbitration hearing and the, and the legal issue with the, the suspension. Um, I thought it should have been time served. They didn't want to come off the six month deal, and if I in fact. I settled with USADA, so if I had to wait to go to the arbitration hearing, it would have taken another couple months, and they would have got six months anyway. So I think that's that's the going rate for uh, the issue with the supplement stuff, just because how unregulated it is, and just how much it's just an absolute crummy crummy company and just crummy manufacturers in general. You know, they're maybe not everybody in the world uh, with manufacturing is doing bad, but a lot of those guys are. Is doing bad crap, man. It's starting to affect people's lives, and it's becoming more of an issue where it's uh, getting out there and not not really a hidden secret. You know, people are starting to realize that hey, this stuff really isn't happening. It's just not an excuse. Now, uh, I'm interested to see how Lesnar plays his issue off. You know, but uh, <laughs> I've been drug tested a bunch of times, and that dude's you know didn't, didn't get drug tested until at at the event. So it's just kind of crazy. Um, you know, how how people overlook issues, you know, but um, he's innocent in my book until, you know, he goes through the whole issue. You know, I learned that it, it can't happen, you know, so um, I'm not I'm not being judgmental and I wish those guys the best. And, you know, if they're lying, if they're lying, they'll get caught. And if they're telling the truth, then, you know, USADA, USADA will also find out. So the dudes are very good. USADA is very thorough at what they do. And that Jeff Nowitzki, man, he is, he cares about what's going on in the sport. He really does. And, and I really lean towards that cleaning up the sport he's doing a great job yeah agreed completely i i almost wish the process was a little different though like when you look at what happened with you you know i wish it could be behind the scenes where if someone gets flagged it doesn't come out publicly and then you guys can kind of have your day in court and either prove innocence or or you know be found guilty i guess for me it just i think it sucks that it all has to play out in the public because for someone like you i mean like i don't know it just feels like we never even needed to know about it uh, you know, man, I, I was doing the same thing before, you know, you started accusing these individuals of what's going on. You want to make sure that they are in fact cheating, you know, and, um, it, it's not the case. You know, I've sit in jail cells before and, you know, I was, I, I knew like, Hey, I'm going to kind of get out of this or whatever, but you're definitely guilty before proven innocent. And, uh, man, it is what it is. It's how you pick yourself up at the end of the day and move forward. But I learned a lot of things about the supplement world and, uh, you know, I got a whole new look. Look, when, when you got these individuals that are testing for these, these changes of supplements or these drug anti-doping things popping up, I definitely think of what was in my supplement, how my how my part played out. So I don't, I, I'm super understanding. I'm not judgmental until it's played out nowadays. You know. Yeah, and, and so you mentioned in there too the the whole part where you know you're kind of guilty until proven innocent. Do you feel like even now that your name is exonerated, do you feel like? Uh, you know, there's still kind of a mark on you about that because, you know, not for anything, you were scheduled to fight Donald Cerrone, who is one of the biggest names in the sport. And now UFC 202, you're fighting Sean Strickland, who's more of a prospect and uppercomer. Do you think that that had anything to do with it? Or do you blame that for it? You know, man, I think the UFC thinks highly of me. That's why my first fight back, I'm on the main card on the pay-per-view card. So, um, I got those guys in my corner. I have my, I have my bosses on my team. My bosses liking me, you know, that's, that, that speaks volumes for me going from a main event to, you know, main card on, on the McGregor Diaz card. So, uh, 
you know, it's, it, I couldn't be happier with the way everything played out, but at the same time, you know, I uh, I want to kind of stare these individuals in the face. They, they got me in trouble. They never once came out and said, hey, our bad. Sorry about that. They just threw me under the bus, and I'd like to stare them dudes in the face, you know? So, Absolutely. Now, um, you mentioned... We'd probably like to do a little bit more, but you can't do that nowadays, so... Yeah, sorry to cut you off. You mentioned earlier, is there an ongoing lawsuit? Are you trying to sue the manufacturer that, that you know, for lack of a better word, fucked you over? Well, I literally just got out off the phone with the best two guys in the business at Sue Supplement Companies, and, uh, you know, right now they're in the middle of working on it. You know, nothing's guaranteed. I'm not looking to get a lot of money or any money out of this at all. If they can get that, then that's a little feather in the hat, but I want them to never, ever do this to another fighter another athlete at all, you know, this company that I'm working with or was working with, they work all the way with kids in high school. So, uh, it's, it's absolutely alarming to me right now what those kids are putting in their systems because they're not being drug tested. And, you know, you have the police department that, they, that these individuals work with and the fire department. And this really needs to be brought to light. And when I'm, when I'm able to be put in a position where, you know, I can say their name and I can throw their names out there, I'm going to, but Right now, the attorneys want to be my mouthpiece, and they want to do the talking on that, uh, on the legal aspect of it. But they're they're working on it now. Completely understood. And yeah, it is ridiculous. I mean, I remember seeing the documentary "Bigger, Faster, Stronger" and learning that the FDA doesn't test for any of these supplements, and something just has to change because there's just it's too unregulated. And you know, like you said, people's careers are on the line here because they want to take something to help aid recovery in a you know legal manner, not trying to cheat. But then you get popped because these supplement companies, no one's no one's testing it. You know, they could be stirring up a vat of creatine uh, in the same, you know, cylinder that they were just doing steroids in. And uh, right. And, you know, it's, it's just something I wish I would have seen before I tested positive. But, you know, Jeff Rubitsky sent me the link to watch that article. He sent me numerous Olympians that tested and proved their, their supplement had crap in it in laboratories and they were still suspended for four years. So it's when it's when did the supplement company have to step up and deal with what they're doing? You know, there's there's young girls that were in like Pennsylvania dying from weight cutters because they were being bullied about being too large, and uh, these manufacturers took advantage of it, making up crap in their garages and putting fertilizer and pills that only like a certified landscaper can get, and it was killing people. And when they got sued, they just shut down shop, opened up under a different LLC, and never paid out no money, never even got in trouble. So. How can they keep doing that? How can FDA keep allowing that to happen unless the FDA is taking a pay cut? Yeah. We always jump into that theory, you know? Yeah, and, and that certainly is a, a prevalent theory out there. So let's let's shift this onto something a little bit more positive because obviously, you know, we're psyched to have you back in the cage. Everybody's psyched to see you fight Sean Strickland. Uh, how is the, the preparations going for that, and do you feel any rust heading into the fight? Oh, I don't, man. I think uh, I had a little bit of a break, a much-needed break. I had three or four injuries I was dealing with in my last couple fights, you know, and I'm not one to complain or put that stuff out there in, in, in the media, but I got healed up good, and I got to uh, go work another job and just realize just how much I do like my job and love what I do. So um, I'm very hungry right now. I got custody of my two girls while this whole issue was going on. I was doing family court plus the hearing with USADA, so... Uh, I got a bunch of emotion tucked away, and I'm I'm showing it August 20th. Wow. Well, hey, congratulations. It sounds like you know you got some things pointed in the right direction for you. And as you said, you are fighting on what's probably going to be, you know, maybe the MSG card will outdraw, but 
one would have to speculate this could end up being the biggest pay-per-view of the year, uh, obviously being headlined by Connor versus Diaz, the rematch. So you're going to have a lot of eyeballs on your fight and your return. Uh, wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't ask you, what do you think of that matchup at the top of the card, diaz Connor? Uh, if you had to put on your analyst hat for a second, uh, who are you giving the nod to? Um, you know, I picked against Diaz the first time thinking that McGregor was ready for a five round fight, but, um, you know, I think McGregor broke himself mentally when he hit Diaz with his best shots and couldn't get him out of the fight. And this again is another five round fight. And, uh, I still see McGregor being able to be big enough or bully Diaz around the ring. I think that showed convincingly in that last fight. He wasn't the bigger fighter and he showed that, um, he's going to have a lot of issues if he stays at 70. Yeah. So let's choose, uh, I, I think Diaz. Yes, submits him again. Second round. Submits him second round. You heard it here, folks. Um, so uh, you also have a, a wife who has a uh, pretty solid fight career, Brenda Gonzalez. What is it like watching uh, watching her go into the cage? And are you usually at all of her fights? Um, you know, I, I missed her last fight this this past weekend. You know, she was in Wisconsin. I was cornering fighters in in, in another state. So um, it, I was super nervous all day long. You know, I felt like. I didn't get to see it on TV because it was a King of Cage and it's a later broadcast. So I felt like I was looking into a black hole, just kind of waiting for my phone to buzz and let me know what's going on. But uh, she wound up losing a five-round decision with the title fight with King of the Cage. But she's the girl's very tough, man. She went through multiple injuries in that in that last fight. Got got healed up right before the fight, and she made weight and just won in a lot of ways. Didn't get her hand raised that night, but won in a lot of ways up to the fight. So she's courageous. She's motivating and. Uh, you know, she's uh, she's pretty buff, so, you know, I think she has bigger <laughs> arms than me, which isn't cool. Was, but, um, you know, it, uh, it, it, it it's cool watching your spouse do what they love to do, you know, rather than getting up to go to a job that they hate. You know, she, she likes what she does, and I support that. So, Tim, we can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, we're excited that you're going to be back in the cage fighting, doing what you love. We wish you luck with everything going on on the side. Uh, if you do pursue the legal action against that supplement company, Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good talk. All right, so there you have it, Gumby. Tim Dirty Bird Means. It's great to hear all of that stuff about USADA because so often, you know, we're hearing people badmouth how lazy USADA is or, you know, how they're not getting us our results quick enough, especially in that Brock Lesnar ordeal. Everybody was like, USADA's not quick enough on it. But to hear all this stuff about them going to bat for a guy who tested positive under their system to figure out and get to the bottom of it. They actually care about the truth, which is pretty crazy to me. They seem pretty fair the whole process. The only part that doesn't seem fair to me, and I brought it up to Tim, was just that everything takes place publicly, so you kind of get that scarlet letter branded on you. If you do fail, but it turns out to be a a tainted supplement, you still get a six-month suspension because, oh, quote-unquote, you should have known what went in your body, which I think is kind of harsh. And two, it's just guilty by association. Yeah, you know, absolutely. For the, for the average person who's not as nuanced a fan as the nerds that might listen to our podcast or <laughs> us being the uber nerds that we are. So that seems a little unfair. That, that's true, though, too, but... Did you see the one that happened? I think it was yesterday. Um, oh, the Chinese fight. Yeah, Ning Jiang Hu. Yeah. Uh, he, who? I believe it was Ning Jiang Ju. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I th- I believe that's the correct pronunciation. Uh, they, they uh they they he tested positive for something, but it was in small amounts, and they traced it back to tainted Chinese beef or something like that. Um, <laughs> I think I've had that before. Yeah, I, I definitely haven't. But uh, 
they cleared him right away, no suspension, because they said that was absolutely not his fault. So that's good news. That's my other problem with, and where we haven't talked about this, I don't think, because I think there were just other things going on. But like the whole Mark Hunt like freaking out and saying like, you know, the UFC isn't doing anything and this and that. I'm like, uh, Mark, you kind of lost me. They're doing a lot. Yeah, they're, they're doing you- more than any other fight organization. You fought for pride, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not only that is to go back five years. I mean, really, think about what the UFC was doing about steroids in five years. It's crazy because they weren't doing anything. They were promoting ago. TRT. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> Here, right. Dan I mean, Henderson, Vitor, get on TRT. You're old and big names. We still need you to be relevant. Yeah, they they pretty much went from trying to find ways to get their guys to pass tests to testing them, you know, at the most inconvenient times. You know what else I wanted to bring up while we're on the subject of steroids? Um, you know, so comfortable are we as a fledgling podcast. We have to give credit where credit's due to another podcast. But MMA Junkie had on this guy, um, Larry Pepe, uh, who I think was a bodybuilder or wrote for bodybuilding magazines. Super knowledgeable guy about, you know, steroids and supplementation. And in this interview, uh, which again, you catch on MMA Junkie, plug to them, credit where credit's due. Um, he was saying that when John Jones supplement came back tainted for estrogen blockers, uh, yeah, there are no supplements that have estrogen blockers in them, even by accident. Uh, so I was, I think I said this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I said, I have faith that Jones could go out there and prove he took a tainted supplement. Yeah, he's fucked. Well, and you know what the other thing too, that was crazy that he did say was, is that, uh, you know, if, if Jones is going to clear his name, first of all, he would need some of his supplement left, which, uh, you know, Again, Tim Means talked about a little bit. He said that, you know, he either had some supplement left or he still had the the casing or he still had the bottle or something like that. And he sent it to USADA and they did all the legwork. Again, you know, props to them for doing all the legwork. Um, but he said all of that kind of nice stuff. The other thing he said he would need in order to overcome it was he would need his manager to go to the facility while they're testing the B sample which he's already pointed out he hasn't done, um, which actually brought me back a little bit to what uh, Ian McCall said about, you know, John Jones's manager. He's got a manager in there who is is not a legal manager. You know, he, he said most of the time people get cleared on steroids is because there's some technicality in testing the B sample. On our very podcast, word for word, Ian McCall said, uh, that guy's an idiot. Yeah, I believe Kawa. he used the word scumbag, but uh, <laughs> scumbag uh, too. yeah, he said Melky Kawa, you know, he's not a lawyer. If he had a lawyer on that, he would have sent his lawyer to check out the B sample. They would have gotten him off on some kind of technicality. He would have no suspension. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, there, there were a bunch of steps that it seemed like John Jones could have possibly taken to avoid the suspension. It, it seems like none of them were taken. I mean, maybe he is tracking down the bottle to his, his supplement or something like that, but it seems bad. Yeah. It seems like, uh, we might not see John Jones for two years. And honestly, that just makes me sad. Yeah. It makes me sad for the 205 division too. You know, no offense to Dan Cormier, but you know, what else was there other than a Dan Cormier, John Jones fight? And then after John Jones beat him, you know, uh, uh, Rumble Johnson, John Jones fight. Oh, by the way, I mean, we'll talk about this next week, but, uh, Dave's pick of the week or, uh, gambling tip of the week is right now you could get uh, Glover as plus 800 to KO Rumble Johnson and that is some action that I would lay down on. That That's some early stuff so uh, yeah you're going to want to get that before a bunch of people do because those numbers will go right down as soon as people start laying money on it. Exactly. 
Um, all right, so we're going to play a game now, Gumby. I brought this up to you earlier. I didn't do much thinking about it. Did you do thinking about it? I didn't really, do. Okay, no. good. That that makes it better. So well, It's nice and even. Yeah. We actually, you and I, let's set the, the stage here. On our very first podcast, we played the game, Which Champions Would Still Be Champion Towards the End of the Year? And what but, a year to play much it. Not, yeah. <laughs> pretty we much should have just answered no right down the line. So right? we were both right that JJ and MM, uh, Mighty Mouse, are still champion right now at least. And we'll assume they'll be champion through the rest of the year. So two for two there. Uh, then we were both wrong on Dills. Uh, we were both wrong on we, Holly. I said Dillashaw would keep it. You said no, he wouldn't be. And Oh, sorry. You know what? We're actually more right than I thought. My bad. We were right on JJ, Mighty Mouse, TJ, and Holly. Okay, so we, we said, agreed on those four. Okay, we said Dillashaw and Holly would both lose it. Right now, I am wrong on Connor because I said no, he'll lose it. He hasn't even he defended hasn't even it, defended. so you're still right. <laughs> you said RDA would still have it, so you were wrong on that. I said no, okay? Uh, on Lawler, we both said no, so we were right on that. So actually, we've been, we're each we're, we're mostly right. We're mostly because right. Because we didn't trust anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you said yes on Rockhold. I said no based off Weidman, but it's still a win for me because he lost it. Yeah. We both said no on Cormier. He hasn't defended it yet, so that's kind of bullshit. He would have lost it at 200 if possible. And then Verdum, we both said no. You said, actually, word for word, Gumby, I went back and listened to it. You got Stipe Miocic, tough, tough out for him. And, yep. I, and I just said, anything could happen at heavyweight. Yeah. So actually, we were more right than we thought. So, all right, great. Pat ourselves on the back. Here's the game we're going to play right now. There are, uh, what is it? Ten. Ten champions currently in the UFC. Eight on the men's side, two on the women's side. And pretty much everyone can unanimously agree this is the weakest set of champions the UFC has ever had. Maybe. Agreed. I mean, yeah. maybe history One, will prove differently, but I did, no, probably they're, not. Right? They're probably as weak as they've been. Is it parody? Is it weakness? I don't know. We're going to play a game right now where we draft UFC champions. So, uh, this is the are, way it's... Are we doing this knockout style, or is there some kind of deadline? Is it like win... Well, we're going to add up... One how, guy runs out of people. We're going to add up how many title defenses each of our team gets. Okay. So you have five champions, I have five champions. Whoever ends up with more title defenses wins. This could be a game that doesn't end for four okay. years. Okay. And All we'll right. just keep running now, and shit. Now, here's the caveat. Whoever picks first is probably going to pick Mighty Mouse Johnson, and that's fine. The next player to pick gets two picks to okay, even that out. Okay, and then out. we go two, 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 two? No, nah, I was going to okay, go one, one from right, there on out. All right. Okay, all right. So do you want to pick first or second? I'll go second. Oh, really? I want to go second. No, you, you can go first. All right, let's do this. Let's flip a coin. <laughs> do you have a coin? I probably have a coin. All right. Quick pause. Here we go. Here we go. Gumby is reaching into his wallet. I wonder how many listeners we lost. while the. Okay, he has his <laughs> coin. I will call it in the air. Heads. Ah, it fell underneath the table. Yeah, I can't see that. Let's do it on the table. Worst podcast we've ever done. What was it? Tails. Okay, what do you want, first or second? I want second. You son of a buck. All right, (laughs) I will pick Mighty Mouse Johnson. Okay. You get two picks. I get two picks. I'm going to take Yoana Jan Jacek. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, this is, uh, actually, the second one is a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be. I'll take Daniel Cormier. Mmm, that's a good one. He's got no competition anymore. His competition's on suspension. Yeah, I actually, uh, I like Glover, but yeah, if he gets Rumble again, it'd, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Man, do I think Stipe, and we're counting Connor as the 145, right? Yep, Not, yep. Jose doesn't count. Jose doesn't I don't count, count in terms. 
Uh, Even that it, Carlos Condit used to be a champ, and then you have to count that. Wow. I mean, this is really tough. I, I All right. I guess I will take Eddie Alvarez. You took Eddie Alvarez? Yeah. He would have been. Uh... All right. That that one's easy I'd for me. I'd pick him. Then. If Connor gets the shot, I'll pick Eddie. That, that uh, That's easy for me. I will take uh, Dominic Cruz. Mm, I hope Garbrandt knocks his head off. <laughs> Got to get through Takeya Mizugaki first. <laughs> uh, I will take. Man, we're getting towards slim freaking pickings here. Um, I will take. You know what, man? Frick it. I'm gonna take Stepe. Okay, yeah, that's that's probably the best one who is left. Actually, yeah, probably. So let's see. What, what is what is left? So what are the what right are the now, slim pickings left here? Right now, Gumby. Woodley Bisping. Nunez. Nunez, and then Connor at 145. I'm taking Connor then. Give me Connor. Okay, okay. Um, all right, I am going to pick, and this is going to be very controversial. Are you ready for this? Because I, oh, you know what? Bisping could beat Dan Henderson. That could just be an That would just be one. one. <laughs> um, You're going for the one? Man, am I just playing this for the one? I can't pick against America. Let, let it be known. I will not pick against America. Uh, I'm actually going to take, this is crazy. I'm taking Tyron Woodley. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did that because I'm going to take Amanda Nunes. And then that leaves you with picking against America anyway. And then I end up with Bisping anyway. Yeah. So let's reset it. Gumby has... Uh, Ioanni on Jacek, Cormier, Dom Cruz, Connor, and Nunez. You definitely, you know, if Connor sticks around at 145, you know, that's a good one. And Cormier has no competition in front of no, him. No, he's just going to clean that division out. You're probably going to win this because JJ also is going to go on a run. I have Mighty Mouse, which... That's just a free until he's dead. Until he's dead. So maybe <laughs> I'll get like five out of that. Alvarez, I mean, you Not know... Not to mention it, he, they just announced his next title fight is against the, the tough winner of tough. So yeah. that's one right there. I mean... I There's think, some good guys on that show, but I don't think any of them are going to give Mighty Mouse a run. For the right matchup, like if Alvarez got Connor, I'd feel good. If Alvarez got Habib, don't feel good. Stipe, if I get him past Overeem, I'll be happy. Hometown. I think he'll get by Overeem. And then Woodley, I, you know what? I almost hope now. Give him old guy G- GSP coming off a two-year layoff GSP or old guy Nick Diaz. GSP at Reckham. I, I agree with you, yeah. but, I, that's a, but I, don't, I don't know, actually. Well, And then Bisping, I think I'll get a win over Henderson. All right, so we'll keep running tally of those, uh, and you guys can follow along at home with your score sheets. Um, all right, so this has been another edition of Top Turtle MMA. We thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed us playing our game, Draft a Shitty Champion. We will be back next week with another great episode. This has been episode 31 for Daniel Gumby Vreeland. I am David Tremonti. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on the flippity flip.